If you have fallen asleep at 7.30 on a Friday night, you might be a teacher. Teaching is crazy, fun, exhausting, challenging, rewarding, and did I mention crazy? And as Catholic school teachers, we are also entrusted with imbuing Catholic identity. It's a huge responsibility, but fortunately for us, there is Finding God, the amazing K-8 faith formation program from Loyola Press. It's innovative, engaging, and the most inclusive and complete program we've ever used. Multimedia? Check. Scripture? Check. Family resources? Check. Bilingual? Check. And don't forget, posters, worksheets, quick start guides, apps, magazines, lesson plans. Seriously, Finding God has all you need and more. Pray about it. Visit FindingGod.com and order a sample. Finding God might not help you stay awake later on a Friday night, but it will help you sleep better knowing you're helping guide kids toward a faith-filled life. Catholic Teachers Lounge with Jill and Colleen. Welcome to the Catholic Teachers Lounge, the only podcast by Catholic school teachers for Catholic school teachers. I'm Jill. I'm here with Colleen. We are grateful to be together again to laugh, explore, and connect. Thank you to Loyola Press for sponsoring us and for you, the teachers, for doing what you do every day. Colleen, do you remember the first... um, the first classes you taught, and at that time we were using paper lesson plan books. Mm-hmm. Do you remember looking ahead into that very blank lesson plan book and wondering what you're going to do all year? I, you know, absolutely. But I'll tell you, those first few years of teaching for me, the the analogy that I used all the time was, I don't like, I don't know where these ideas are going to come from next. I don't know what I'm going to be doing next week. I don't, especially that very first year when I had, you know, I was just trying to keep up day to day, right? That's what a lot of first year teachers do. Mm-hmm. But it was yeah. like, I was like dropping a bucket into an empty well and expecting water to come up in it every single day. That's, that is the analogy that I used for that. It was rough. And we're underprepared for these moments because when you're an undergrad, you take like weeks and weeks and weeks and you turn in one lesson plan at the end of the class. Yes. And then you get into your first job and Mm -hmm. you're thinking, oh my gosh, I have to fill the whole day every day. Every day. (laughs) How am I going to do this? Well, and I taught, I mean, the volume was huge. My first, my first job, I had 150 students a day. I taught six classes at a, you know, high school. Yeah. I mean, that's like, (laughs) whoa, this is different. Yeah. So we're on day three of talking about curriculum mapping. And I think what we have been talking through is the backward, the backward design concept. So if you're going to do this wrong, you're going to start by trying to write some lesson plans and then figure out where you're going and then figure out where you end up at the end of the year. And that's just not good planning. Um, the worst case scenario of this, and I'm going to, I'm going to pick on social studies teachers for a moment, just because it's a good example, is that let's say you teach American history and you start at the colonies and the revolution in the fall. And I just got to be honest, I don't think I ever took an American history class that got all the way to present time. Like we probably dropped off somewhere around World War II because because teachers really love talking about World War II and Civil War. And that's as far as we got. Like we never got to, we certainly never hit the Vietnam War. Like we no. never got further. No, never. <laughs> and so there was no concept of backward design. So if the goal is that you're working through a timeline and you're getting through modern day, you have to plot yourself out and not spend too much time on too, on the wrong things. So day one was about what are my outcomes. So again, what should the last days of school for the year or the course or the semester look like? Step two, what kind of evidence will students produce? So I know they have they are proficient in these concepts or in these skills. 
And now we're ready to talk about instructional time and lesson planning. So today, step three, the third and final step of this huge concept of curriculum mapping is how do I spend my instructional minutes? What do I sign for homework? How are we going to spend our time so that we can we can produce evidence of learning and hit our targets all the way to the end of the year? So it's very conceptual. It's very big. But it's really hard to write a lesson plan if you don't know what the evidence needs to look like at the end of the unit or the test at the end of the chapter. And then how are you going to get all, your, all the way to the end of the year? How far are you going to get? So instructional minutes matter. And that's what we're talking about today. So, and this can be overwhelming. So if you're not a person who's like, okay, I can look at the end of the year. And I know teachers who can do that, who look at the end of the year and they plan backward, you know, week by week or, you know, whatever, whatever the case may be, it may be that you need to look at it quarter by quarter. And if that, so, so if you have a school-wide curriculum map and you know what the end of year goals are, but you're just going to start quarter by quarter and say, this is what we're going to accomplish quarter by quarter, and then start to lesson plan backwards or start to concept map backwards so that you can then write your lesson plans. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I, so think about even if you're a first year teacher, you know the, okay, if you're a literature teacher, you know which books you're supposed to cover. If you're an elementary teacher, you know, like at what level should kids be able to read at the end of the mm-hmm. year? If you're a history teacher, you know which eras you're supposed to get through. So at the very least, you need to, before you even get the lesson plan book out or figure out how many minutes you spend on each activity, you need to think through like, what are the max number of days I can spend on Civil War? And if it's like 15 or 20, like you got to stick to it because if you live where I live, you're going to hit some snow days or an assembly or something's going to happen to interrupt your schedule. So in order to stay on track, it's okay to say, this is as far as we can get in this concept. I'm not going to let the students drag this project out four extra days because they're having fun with the glue sticks. Like you got to figure out how am I going to stay on schedule and how does every instructional minute get me there? And also um, my thought on that is you don't have to be the keeper of all of the information. So um, the students can consume um, if it's information that they need. And and I'm going to stick with this idea of history for a minute because there's just there's a lot of information out there. So but kids can become, um, you know, subject matter experts on particular parts of an era or a decade or whatever the case may be. So you can jigsaw things so that kids are doing the research and then doing presentations or somehow contributing to the content so that you as the teacher don't have to do that. Some of you do that really, really well. So kudos to you if you're already doing that. But if not, just remember that, like let, let your kid, we were talking about um, student jobs recently, like delegate out some of that, (laughs) some of that teaching to your students, let them become the experts and share that out. So as long as that's part of your learning objectives, they're also learning lots of different skills when they are in charge mm-hmm. of uh, doing research on topics. So keep that in mind. Yeah. And and there's and there are some concepts that are daily practice that need to happen all year round. And you know, you're always going to give eight minutes to it. So whether that's like the bell ringer, that's the thing that you're going to do to practice grammar or to look at a current event video together, mm-hmm. you know, a, a segment of the news or whatever it is, because you're building out students who are going to become historians or become newscasters or become journalists or become whatever, right? Priests. So like there's things that you're going to build on every single day because it's daily practice. But then as you work your way unit by unit by unit, you're thinking, and this is what you did yesterday, you figured out what should they be producing or what am I listening for in conversation? And then how do I build my instructional minutes now today? Um, and step three, how do I build in... How do I 
how do I take my day or take my hour of the day and build it so my instructional minutes get us to those goals? Considering that, okay, so we're thinking about instructional minutes and planning that out. And and again, I depending on what your goals are. So if we're thinking um, practice of skills, um, consumption of content, mm-hmm. all of that. So creating um, balanced ways of getting to the outcomes, because remember, it's not always just content focused. So skills focused too. Right. So, okay. So mm-hmm. as you're, as you're planning and building all of that in focusing on at, at the very basic teacher level of, of, you know, backward design, these are the things that you can control in your daily lesson plans, right? So which mm-hmm. skills, what content, and how are you varying the way that kids can show you that they know what you're trying to teach them? That's how Absolutely. it all fits together. And kids love patterns. And kids love patterns and they work like little clocks. So if yep. you always give 10 minutes for writing or 15 minutes for your current event or whatever, like kids work like little clocks. So it's okay to do that and find some rhythm that way. But in that rhythm, you got to make sure you get to your bigger, bigger goals. And that's why instructional minutes cannot be planned first. They have to be planned all the way after you have the bigger picture in mind. So we are diving into something that is really hard. That's why we did three days of this, but it does not mean that listening to three episodes makes you an expert on this. It just takes some time. So give yourself some grace. No, and we're really just dipping a toe in here with these three episodes of Mm -hmm. talking about three different pieces and parts to think about when you're working on backward design, when you're working on curriculum maps. So it's really just something to think about. But as we wrap up, because we're going to, we're going to run out of time in about a minute here. So um, as we wrap this up, like what are the takeaways that we want you to remember? That's starting with the end in mind. So outcomes are really the most important thing. That's your starting point is identifying your outcomes. Okay. And then there's the students being able to show you in different ways what they know. So then you're thinking about that assessment piece and that feedback piece, the feedback loop. And then what we talked about today was the instructional minute. So that that piece that you can control, that lesson plan that you're creating every day and being really intentional about how you're using those instructional minutes to reach those end goals, those final outcomes. So that in mind, these are all very big pieces of a a large conversation, but we wanted to to put that out there. We get, Jill and I get so many questions about curriculum mapping and planning, and these are conversations that we have all the time with teachers. So we thought it would be worthwhile to tackle just a little bit, even if it is just the tip of the iceberg. So thanks for, um, for bearing with us on, uh, on this curriculum map week. Absolutely. And that's our bell. Thank you for the energy boost as we love exploring your ideas and affirming your efforts. Thank you for hanging in there for three days of curriculum mapping. Keep the suggestions coming in and tune into our next episode as we talk about more great ideas from fellow teachers. We'll see you next time.